Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang, and this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 plus years to help them reach their health and wellness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So if you wanna find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health, and feel empowered to live the life you want, you're in the right place. Episode number 216. When was the last time you were happy with your body? My new trainer, David, asked me this question during our initial meeting. I racked my brain like I was rewinding a movie of my life, looking for an instance. I looked at him with a furrowed brow and felt a lump in the pit of my stomach. I couldn't think of one. I was so confused. I thought that when my previous trainer had helped me lose weight and get down to 22% body fat, I had figured out what it took to be happy and healthy. Yes, I was happy that I was stronger and fitter, and I was happy that I didn't struggle to find clothes that fit when I stood in my closet. And I was definitely more confident in my abilities. So much so that in 2003, I left my six-figure position in the high-tech world to become the owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco. Why? Well, because with the rising rate of obesity in the U.S. and the corresponding increase in chronic illnesses like hypertension, type 2 diabetes, and heart disease, I felt a calling. A calling to be part of the solution by helping folks lose weight and get fit so they could be stronger, healthier, and ultimately have a higher quality of life. But then, two months after I took over the health club, the fitness trainer I'd been working with for the past two years moved to Arizona. I tried working out on my own, but I wasn't consistent. Too busy, I told myself. As a new business owner, I could easily rationalize the decision. Plus, I really didn't like exercising by myself. And I didn't know what strength training exercises to perform or the proper sequencing. And, well, pretty soon, I wasn't working out at all. I was also stressed and having a hard time sleeping through the night. As you probably guessed, my weight started creeping back up. This wouldn't do. 
I wanted to set an example for members of the health club. So with January around the corner, I decided to find a new trainer. I chose David, who had joined the team just a few months earlier. He was the salt of the earth. But was I ready to get this vulnerable with him? After all, even though he was an independent contractor, I was technically his boss. He asked again, when was the last time you were happy with your body? I can't think of one, I told him. Even at 22% body fat, I still longed to be thinner and had saved outfits I couldn't fit into yet. Not ever, he prodded. I kept searching. And then, in my mind's eye, a distinct memory from my teenage years came into focus. It was a Friday night, and as usual, my family was watching the TV show, The Dukes of Hazard. One of the characters on the show was Daisy Duke, played by Katherine Bach. At the time, she was 25 years old and five foot, eight inches tall. And her character often wore a short sleeve shirt tied up to show off her cleavage and toned midriff and cut off shorts, which accentuated her very long, lean legs. As she appeared on the TV screen, my dad looked over at me and pointed to her. She has the perfect figure, he declared. Who knows why he felt compelled to do that, but it certainly did a number on my self-esteem. See, at the time, I was only 14 years old and only 4 foot 11 inches tall with a somewhat stocky build. This served me really well in gymnastics, but if Catherine Bach's figure was the gold standard of beauty and sex appeal, there was no way I could compete with that. On top of that, on numerous occasions, my mom also noted that her waistline was a mere 22 inches when she graduated from college. At 14, mine was already 23 inches. I felt so defeated. Telling David about this, I added, I really can't think of a time when I haven't been self-conscious about my body. Maybe when I was four or five years old. And to this day, I know my dad is still around judging it when I'm around him, I said. Lucky for me, David was also a life coach. He looked at me with sympathetic eyes and asked, I know this question is going to sound a bit odd, so bear with me. He paused for a moment. Are you waiting for your dad to compliment you on your figure? Like, do you need that to feel good about your body? Somewhat taken aback, I replied. Well, now that you put it that way, no, (laughs) that just sounds wrong in so many ways. (laughs) I prefer he not say anything about my body or anybody else's for that matter. Okay, now that we've settled that, 
What do you need to feel good about your body? He asked. And with that one question, we started a process of healing. Well, hi there. Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. And welcome to part six of my 10-part series where I take you behind the scenes for the making of my book, Thoughts Are Habits Too. And what you just listened to was a clip from chapter one. So part six, we are talking about the power of story. And if you have skipped parts one through five, I'm not going to do a recap. I really want you to go back and listen to those previous episodes because I'm building here. And for a lot of folks I know who are binge listening to this podcast, if I do a recap, you're going to get frustrated. It's kind of boring. And I don't want to put you through that. So please go back and listen to parts one through five if you haven't already. All right. So now let's talk about the power of story. My favorite part about writing the book was actually this part, learning how to write and tell better stories. Because what I learned is that it truly is the best way to help people relate the concepts that I'm teaching with their actual life. It's like, this is how you apply the concept, right? So whether you're presenting something on stage or writing a book, think about like, how have we learned lessons? There's like Aesop's fables, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, the story of the tortoise and the hare, right? The three little pigs. There are all these lessons that we've learned. When you look at books like Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, think about all the stories that he includes in his book, the examples, in order to illustrate the points that he's trying to drive home. And ultimately, I think the reason why like so many textbooks are so dry is because they don't have any stories in them. So my storytelling coach, Michael Haig, will be joining me for an episode in March. And I will tell you, if it weren't for him, <laughs> there wouldn't have been that opening story that you just heard. So if you don't quite believe me yet about the power of story, I want to share with you a review on my book that you'll find on Amazon. It goes like this. Diving into Amy Lang's Thoughts or Habits too, felt like discovering a secret garden in the midst of the concrete jungle that is health and wellness advice. Unexpected, delightful, and oh so necessary. This book isn't just a read. It's a conversation with a friend who happens to know a heck of a lot about the mind and health. 
Now let's be honest, most health and wellness books are like that well-intentioned gym trainer who speaks in a language of metabolic rates and BMI indexes that flies over your head or fails to grab your attention. But Amy, she's the friend who says, let's talk about this over some guilt-free snacks. Her prose is as accessible as your favorite pair of yoga pants. Comfortable, yet surprisingly stylish. So as someone who's had a clumsy tango with the scale during adulthood, and let's just say the scale often leads, Amy's book was the magnetic dance instructor I didn't know I needed because working from home during and post-pandemic did to my waistline what Netflix did to television. Expanded it in ways I didn't think possible. But here comes Amy with a selection of immensely helpful frameworks. And I love a framework. And exercises to help me turn my I can't into a curious tell me more. And then hopeful, I can, followed by a determined, I will. Plus, her use of client stories is like adding a spoonful of sugar, or rather monk fruit sweetener, to medicine. It doesn't just make the advice go down easier. It makes it delightful. These stories are are the reassuring nod from across the room saying, you're not the only one who thought midnight snacks were a separate food group. In essence, Thoughts or Habits 2 is more than a book from a proven expert. It's a heart-to-heart with a wise friend who's walked the path and has the laugh lines to prove it. In sharing her hard-earned wisdom, Amy's not just published a book, she sparked a movement. So, if you're ready to buy the book now, just go to thoughtsourhabits2.com. And if you're still not quite ready, but you would like to read an excerpt of the book, send an email to amy at moxie-club.com and I'll make sure that you get a copy. All right? So in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about the joyful eating framework. So I'm going to basically be giving you a preview of chapter five in the book, Rediscover Joyful Eating. All right? So I'm going to wrap up this episode with a quote by Maya Angelou. It's one of my favorite quotes. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed this episode, by all means, hit that subscribe button now. 
and if you're ready to get started, visit my website, thoughtsorehabits2.com, and order your copy of the book today. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.